Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Selected Bet and joining me as ever is Greg Browning. How's it going, Greg? Good evening. Very excited. Very excited. What's, what's causing the excitement this week? Well, <laughs> this first of all, St. Johnston are not bottom of the league. Ooh. That is the first part of excitement. And we've got a really good card this weekend. Yeah, it's looking good. Uh, and join us to dissect that card is David Wilson all the way from Norway. Good to have you back on the podcast for the first time this year, David. How's things? I'm well, thanks. Yeah, it's been a while. Looking forward to chatting again. We've missed you. And of course, uh, Norway, the elite season in Norway football is on its winter shutdown, I suppose. It's kind of in between seasons. The season starts again on the 2nd of April, is that right? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's around then. Um, obviously, We'll go into later, but Gleam to obviously start a little bit earlier with the, the Conference League with Celtic. So um, pre-season is well underway, though. There's a, all the teams, well, all the teams, a lot of the teams are in uh, south of Spain just now on uh, training camps. So um, yeah. pretty, pretty some, nice to get away from Norway this time of year, I think. Getting some friendlies in. Yeah, a couple of friendlies. Gleam to play the friendly today, actually, against a, a Danish uh, team. So... Um, that was their second friendly. I think we played against Dynamo Kiev last week as well. So, the most clubs David go to Spain for yeah, most of the, the top of the, the top tier clubs. They they quite often go down to Alicante, Malaga type way. I think there's a few. I think um, a few clubs have go to Turkey as well and stuff. It's just uh, yeah, just warm weather yeah. this time of year is ideal. So you mentioned we've got. The Celtic v Bodo Glimt clash coming up in a couple of weeks' time or two. Podcast worlds collide <laughs> in that one. <laughs> uh, how what kind of shape are, are Glimt in uh, getting into this game? Obviously, that's going to slap bang in the middle of their pre-season and maybe not fully up to speed. And they've also moved on a few players. A couple <laughs> arrived arrived in Edinburgh yeah, as well during yeah, the transfer window. There is. I mean, they weren't they weren't um, a part of the first team really. But yes, it's been a bit of a turnaround for them. They've they've made a lot of money, um, which is a huge positive for them. I think um, Eric Bottheim, I think they sold him for around five five to seven million euros. Um, in the end, he's gone to Russia. Uh, Björkan's gone to Hertha Berlin. Patrick Berg has gone to France uh, with Lons. Um, is there a chance um, that you might get a game, David? And who else has left? Um, uh, there's one more. Yeah, Marius Lode, uh, centre-half. He's gone to um, Hertha Berlin. No, that's Björkin. He's gone to <sighs> Schalke, maybe? Yeah, I think it was Schalke he went to um, so yeah there's been a huge turnaround they've signed a few players um, are they odds really interesting to, on to, to not odds on but are they favourites to retain their title for a third consecutive year um, I'm not sure if the odds are up yet but um, I, I'd probably have them sort of joint I reckon with Molda again I think it will be interestingly when you look at the prices for the Celtic match Celtic are obviously Overwhelming favourites to qualify at four to nine, yeah. And the way Celtic are playing at the moment, they're four to seven to win this match at Celtic Park, yeah. And given the way Celtic played last night against Rangers, yeah, I know it's both a glimpse and they're good. obviously Norwegian yeah. champions, but a lot has to be said for the fact that Norway's season hasn't started yet, and that yeah, four to definitely. seven to me looks massive. Definitely, um, I agree. I thought I thought watched the game last night. I thought Celtic were. Really, really impressive. Um, obviously, Gleam will not have had any competitive game since December. Um, big turnaround in personnel. Yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult for them, I think, to, to be able to live with this. We'll just back Celtic 15 game. Celtic corners and that'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, we'll, get, it's we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, the other thing I was going to ask you, David, about Gleam was coach. Um, I'll leave the oh, pronunciation to you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, always seems to be speculation around where he's going to end up. You know, yeah. it feels like it's only a matter of time before he moves on. Any movement in that department, is he likely to still be in charge? Yeah. He, Come the start of the to, season? Yeah, he's going to definitely be in charge. He, he, he signed a new contract back in uh, December, I think, to sort of put an end to the speculation that Rosenborg were very, very interested in him. Um, I think Rosenborg... 
got their maybe their third or fourth choice manager in the end. So Rosenborg has taken Hamcam's uh, manager for the for the season. So Hamcam, who were promoted as the champions, um, and the old boss came up and they've gone had to they've had to get a new manager after Rosenborg took their manager. So yeah, uh, Shetty Knutson will definitely be uh, going to manager come start of season. Okay, it'll be interesting. A couple of weeks, I'm sure we'll hear uh, the name David Verst mentioned plenty in the Scottish media over the next couple of weeks as people turn to you for some expertise ahead of ahead of the big game. Yeah, how's the media well, I mean, situation I'm, looking, David? Are we on Sky Sports well, News yet? BBC I'm Scotland? Not been on there yet. But my phone is on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, it's been good. And obviously with Melkerson and uh, this, well, Melkerson was the one that I got a lot of contact for about. Signing for Hibs, but right. who I, I know much better <laughs> because I watched him a lot this season with uh, Shiraz Blink. Um, he signed for Hibs as well like, just this week. Um, I didn't really get anything about contacts about him, which I thought I would because uh, yeah, I could have been much more accurate about what I thought about him. But yeah, uh, it seems to be a nice wee link between Norway and Scotland just now, and hopefully I've positioned myself nicely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll maybe come on to those guys once we discuss the, the Hibs game that's coming up. Um, but we've got a full card this week. We'll just uh, get stuck into that in a, a second, Greg. But last week on the podcast, we did pretty well. I think it was a full house, wasn't it, in terms of the tips that we put up? Yeah, it's been a good year so far in terms of this year since the break. At the start of January, we've probably had kind of full houses pretty much almost every Saturday and midweek. We've had some good results as well. So Kilmarnock again on the nap last week. They did what they expected them to do at home to Inverness. 65 they were to beat Inverness last weekend. And given the players they brought in, that looked like a right steal. Kelty Hearts again as well. Both teams uh, to score in both halves, 11 to 10. Bookies aren't really getting wise to that. But it's still 11 to 10 again this week against Elgin. And we'll discuss that later. And Ross County at home to Rangers. Three all, two goals in the match. And we just needed three Ross County corners. And they got five at 23 to 20. So a great end to the month of January. I think it was 14 points profit overall. Which, to be fair, I'm really happy about. December was quite a challenging month. Mm-hmm. January was, on the face of it, it's quite a challenging month for punters, really. Very volatile, difficult to probably get a run going. But, yeah, double figures in January was, was great. And that's us now sitting at, I think, six months out of seven profit for this season. Yeah, so, yeah, good shape going into February. Yeah, and the, the Scottish tips are doing really well as well, which is which is great for us on, on this particular podcast. Yeah, we're sitting at, I think, at the last 13 naps with a 10 winners. So the nap's going great guns at the moment in Scotland, and there's a couple of teams that are um, helping us along the way. Kilmarnock being one of them, I think they've won the nap twice for us now, possibly even three times in the last four or five weeks, and we're back to them again this week. And yeah, they're not a nap this week though, are they? They're not an app, so I know, but we're, we're on them again. Right, well, let's start there, because their game, uh, I'm not going to call it match of the weekend, but I don't think I've ever looked forward to an Abroth v Kilmarnock match as much as this one. <laughs> <laughs> Friday night, live on the telly, and it's the top two in the championship, uh, and the Abroth just don't really see it to be going away, do they? We're expecting them to fall down the league at some point, but um, they just keep hanging on in there, and... This, I hesitate to call it a title decider, but what a chance for, for both sides, I suppose, to to make their mark in the championship now. Yes, yeah, absolutely, game of the day um, in, in Scotland for me. I think our growth is an absolute fairy tale. We speak about it every week. The fact that we're now into February and they are still up there as league leaders, then you absolutely have to say they, they are very much right in the mix for the title. Personally, I think they're going to fall a little bit short. I don't think they're going to manage in terms of squad size and squad quality. Kilmarnock have had a great January. They've brought in Derek McInnes. They have signed Tate. They've brought in Ash Taylor. They've signed Kyle Lafferty. They've brought in Declan Glass. They've got by far the best squad in the Championship. They've got strength. They didn't they, as well. There you go. They're, they're, they're really going for the jugular, the commanding board. They're back in McInnes. And as we said last weekend, failure is not an option for commanding this season in terms of going back up. Mm-hmm. They're putting money into the team. They've brought in Derek McInnes. They've got strength and depth. But yes, it's a very, very tough game at Abroath. Nobody gets an easy game 
up at Gayfield. Did you enjoy playing there, David? Uh, yeah, I did actually. It's always um, quite a lot of success there. Um, Were your shots end up in the sea at all, no? Uh, no, I, I couldn't kick the ball that hard. Um, <laughs>
85 kind of price. Um, So yeah, good luck with that one. Okay, on to Saturday, and we've got four Premier League games. Um, Celtic Rangers both play on Sunday. Uh, But we'll kick off with Dundee v Ross County. Ross County won here 5-0 earlier in the season. Greg have actually scored nine in their last two visits to Dens Park. Uh, And Ross County are now the third highest goal scorers in the league. We flagged up on last week's podcast just how good they've been in front of goal and obviously their major issues losing goals at the back but they scored three goals against Rangers uh, last weekend. Dundee on the other hand they've only scored one goal in six although they have drawn their last two games albeit nil nil. Um, I guess Ross County's ability to score goals probably shades this one um, in terms of who might come out on top. Yeah it does I think Dundee will probably be a bit disappointed they didn't get anything from that United game in terms of winning the match in the Dundee Derby. I didn't see it, but it was a bit of a drab match, I believe. No, no. They did hit, what, I think 11 corners Dundee. Having watched Dundee the week before in Perth against us, I thought they were really poor. Really, really poor. So there's a couple of things in Dundee I probably want to call out. Dundee came up last season for me, and I think they were very fortunate to come up. I don't think Dundee were good enough to come up last season. They had a good end to the season, and they won the playoff match against Kilmarnock. But I don't think it should be a surprise to anyone. And I'm not just saying this because Saints aren't bottom of the league anymore. But <laughs> I think Dundee to finish bottom of the league at 6-4 to four looks a great shout. And wins changed the perception of the league table for me. That win for us against Livingston on Wednesday night has completely transformed the whole mood around the club. We've had a pretty good January transfer window. We brought in seven players. A 2-1 win at Livingston is never an easy result to go and get at Livingston. We're now off the bottom. In terms of momentum, I think Dundee are really struggling here. And I would back Dundee at 6-4 to four to finish bottom of that league. St Johnston are still currently favourites at 4-5, to five, which I'm a bit surprised about given yeah. how poor Dundee have been. They've, let, they've lost a lot of players. Um, Cummings is away... Sheridan's injured. Lee Griffiths is the size of a house. I don't think he'll score again this season. He's so, away as well, as you know. He is away, yeah. Yeah, so who's going to score the goals for Dundee? I don't think they'll be disgraced, but I think there's no way St Johnston should be 4-5 to five to finish bottom in Dundee 6-4. Yeah. to four. So for me, that. I reckon Dundee to finish bottom is worth taking on. And if that's a bit short for you, double that up with Kilmarnock to win the league in the championship. And I think that pays 4-1 to one with William Hill. Yeah, one up, one down. Um, any thoughts on this one, David? Yeah, I was, I was, I was looking at the the both teams to score. As you say, there was the the five nil game, which uh, was obviously a bit of a pumping, but there was a three two game as well up at um, Dingwall. So obviously goals in this fixture looking pretty likely. Both teams to score was four to five, which I thought was decent price considering Dundee at home. Uh, you would, exp- I know they've not been scoring a lot of goals recently, but. You'd fancy them, but just um, just on reading Charles Cook, really. I think he's top scorer in the league now. Yeah, uh, he is, yeah. Taking yeah. goals, what a season he's having. That's absolutely unbelievable. 24 year old. I don't think he'll be at Ross County for long. Um, but yeah, well, great bit of form he's in. I think he's, I think he's scored about six, six in his last seven or something like that. It's unbelievable for him for the a Ross County player especially to be doing that. Yeah, to be doing that at that end of the table is tremendous. Yeah. Another thing I was going to say, Greg, about this one is how good it is to see Charlie Adam, the yellow card magnet. Oh, just unbelievable, isn't it? Another card in the Dundee Derby in, in midweek. I don't like booking. I don't like backing players at evens to get booked or sixty-five <laughs> to get booked because but he is an exception. But he is an exception because he's so slow. What I would say to Charlie Adam in his defence, he's had a lot of pelters recently for drunk, drink driving, all that sort of stuff. But he's still a class player. I, th- I still think he's a very good player. If he's in Dundee's team, Dundee are a much better side with him in the team. But as you say, for a booking, he needs to get that booking though before 62 minutes because he tends to get subbed. <laughs> yes, he's getting you got you got booked and hooked on Wednesday. Booked and hooked. No, booked and hooked. Uh, yeah, how many cards is it for him this season? Eight, four hundred maybe, maybe maybe more. <laughs> no, I think he's on at least nine, maybe ten for the season in all competitions. Some going. Is there a site where we can get stats on individual player cards? 
Um, well, I, it's quite easily done through, I think, soccer way and through um, flash scores. Yeah, it's just a wee bit of leg work. Squads. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that, that's what yeah, I tend yeah. to use. Pretty good. I'm sure he's on at least seven or eight for the season so far. But in he's terms of this gone. match itself... He's not, he's not got the most in the league. He's got seven. Uh, most in the league. Who's um, two, two with nine. Who's that? Liam Craig. No, no, no. he's got eight. He's got eight. I'm another player. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Van Veen, sorry, Van, Van Veen. Veen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ross County was the other one. Yeah, there's loads of players this season on seven or eight cards this season. It's tremendous. That's what you want to see. Is there one, David? Jack Baldwin, Ross County. There you go, Carl. I would, I would advise that. anyone every weekend to look through the fixtures, and I think I've mentioned it a hundred times on the channel, there's probably about eight or nine players just to stick with all season. Uh, I think they mentioned the ones at the weekend, or sorry, Wednesday there, were Charlie Adam and we had Cammy Devlin for Hearts in the Hibs Derby. He got booked, Neil got booked. So they're, they're not all going to get booked every week, but if you get lucky, you might get a decent tier four, three fold or four fold with that. Yeah, but just in terms of this game itself, though, the Dundee game, I did look at this match over two and two and a half goals in the Asian line, purely on the basis that Ross County score goals, but don't keep any clean sheets. Just as I was looking at that, though, it's dropped in price to 7 to 10. So I'm probably going to leave that. But it's not a bad angle to look at sometimes. It's probably a market we've had quite a bit of success with this season is the two and two and a half goal line in the Premiership in Scotland. Just because you're getting pretty good prices on over 2.5 goals. Yeah, I think it would need to be a price-based bet because when you look at Dundee's recent games, only one of the last, what, seven have went over two and a half in all competitions. Yeah, so there's not a lot of goals in the Dundee games at the moment. No, there's not. And I, I don't know who's going to score the goals for Dundee. Yeah. They, I think they've done okay against Dundee United, but um, yeah, I just I just can't see who's scoring the goals for them. I thought you might have been tempted by the 2-1 with Ross County. I know you don't often go with outright markets, but um, just based on the, the relative merits of both sides at the moment. Yeah, I think they're five, they were 5-2 um, of the week, Ross County. Mm, right. I, I just... I think this has probably got a draw written all over it, I think. Yeah. I'd much rather take maybe corners or cards in this match. I think Ross County are back up towards the top of the Hatchet Men League. So lots of lots of cards for Ross County. They've got loads against Aberdeen during the week again. They've got loads against Rangers on Saturday. So again, it's another match I'll be looking at. I'll try and probably find a, a cards or corners angle for Saturday. David Denson, for you on this one, for we move on? Uh, no, I was just I was the both teams to score was so I quite liked it four to five and yeah over two and a half goals is even money as well I think both of them look pretty well priced considering how Ross County's goal counts and the two previous fixtures as well this season. Okay, so what can I say? No bet until maybe neither kick off. Greg will have a wee look at it then. Yes. Yep. All right, uh, in the capital, we've got Hibs v St Mirren. David, we've kind of touched on a couple of arrivals from Bodo Glimt for Hibernian. They were two of eight players in for Sean Maloney um, since his arrival at Hibernian. But he's now four league games without a win. And I wonder, is the, the honeymoon period over for Maloney? Or is it a case that we've yet to see Maloney's team in action, really? Yes, I've seen a lot of negative negative chat on Twitter I mean that's not uh, no so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just me yeah <laughs> no I have seen a lot of negativity with the Hibs fans on Twitter too sort of like not creating a lot of chances and I, think, I, I watched the first half of the Hibs Hearts game the other night and Hearts were the better team yeah. from what I saw um, obviously Hibs yeah as you say the last three games um, beaten by Levy and two nil nil draws. Not looking so good, but um, on the signings, yeah, they've signed a lot of new faces. But I think I think a bit issue is they've not really signed anyone for the first team, like to come straight in the first eleven. Which is a as Dick Campbell says he doesn't sign anyone unless they're going to improve the first eleven. But um, it seems like they've they've improved the size of the squad with a lot of their signings, which is um, not going to help them achieve their goals this season. I don't think. But to be fair, I think probably Henderson, maybe Harry Clark, Rocky Bushiri, they all kind of came in and I would expect them to start games. Obviously, you know the, the two boys from the two Norwegian boys yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, I think replacing Martin Boy was going to be the biggest task for Maloney. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's by far the best player for the first half of the season. It's just his pace, his directness and 
his energy really um, he was their chief chance creator and probably their well with Miz, but out of form probably their best goal scorer as well. So yeah, um, yeah, they're going to find it difficult to replace him. Yeah, and Greg, it's the old chestnut of Hibs being <laughs> 40, 45. What did I say last week against Livingston? Hibs at home at 8 to 11 could be the absolute fear. Yeah. Every um, time I come on here, they're at home and they're like 45. Or <laughs> <laughs> and they lose or they draw. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know in this, in this match. I think St. Mirren are in decent shape at the moment. 4 to 5 on Hibs is definitely going to lure people in. I might be one of them. I, I, I'm not sure. Probably not. Having watched the the Hibs Hearts game on, on Tuesday night, I just kind of felt that Hibs lacked a real goal threat. And as David said, they brought quite a lot of players in, but none of them you know much about, and none of them are really going to start um, straight into the, the starting eleven. And this bit for me just looks way off it. He's so relaxed. Too relaxed in a way, if that makes sense. Everything's really cute. He keeps trying to cut inside and just bend it into the corner. And he did that three or four times. And it was so obvious what he was going to do. So I, I don't know who's going to score the goals for Hibs. I know Doyce is back. Did Doyce start on Tuesday night? I think he did. Oh, he did, yeah. So he, he was in good goal-scoring form last season. So maybe the, those two can form up a partnership again. But I think it's probably a, a match less, best left alone here. Sitting at 3-1. to one. I don't think Hibs will lose this match. But I'm not convinced enough to back them at four to five. I, I do think they'll win. I do think Sean Mullen needs a win. Yeah, he does. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a difficult game here. Just in the way that Hibs are playing, they're not scoring many goals. I think there's uh, we should probably touch on the way St Mirren are playing as well. That's the what five five one beating only one defeat in the last seven. Probably a a couple too many draws and they would have liked yeah, to get more last... draws than anyone. It's 11 and 23 already this season. That's put me off a little bit. They've drawn with Aberdeen and they've drawn with Motherwell in their last two home games. Yeah, they, beat all Ar- accounts... they beat Aberdeen. Oh, sorry, they beat Aberdeen, sorry. The, the draw against Motherwell. Now, Dev McDonald, that is usual, onto the group, <laughs> onto the group chat. I was just about 20, to bring this up. 20 minutes into the match. Right, boys, get on Motherwell. They're going to score. They're all over us. <laughs> And I'll tell yeah. you what, within about five Mar- minutes, Mar- Mar- scored. <laughs> That's happened quite a few times. Right. He did score in the 97th <laughs> To be fair with this one. Uh, yeah, so again, I guess it's the old uh, rule applies, Greg, not to be back in Hibs at 45 at Easter Road. No, I, I think for me to back Hibs here, I need to get evens on them. But I, I do think they'll win, but yeah, I think it's his best left alone. Okay, next up we've got Livy v Aberdeen and for me, Levy kind of fall into that category a wee bit as well. David uh, seemed to do all right, you know, when they're the underdogs, um, but when they go a short price, uh, they tend to kind of fall a wee bit. And they obviously did so in midweek against St. Johnson, <laughs> uh, who actually managed to score two goals against them. Uh, so that should be an interesting one against Aberdeen. I'm sure Greg will uh, tell us about how uh, Aberdeen stats stack up against Livingston. Oh, They've got a phenomenal record against Livingston. But where are you seeing Aberdeen at the moment, David? They just uh, seem to kind of be one step forward yeah. and two steps back. Yeah, it's a bit. They've been struggling a bit lately. Um, obviously, the, the Ross County draw last week and or midweek losing to St Mirren. They look like they've been struggling to score a bit. But I watched the I watched the Rangers game, uh, and I, yeah, I thought they were a little bit better uh, than I expected actually. Um, Attacking wise, but um, since then, obviously, two disappointing results, and they've slipped to slipped to sixth. And leveling points with Dundee United, they could they don't want to slip into the bottom half. But um, Livingston, obviously, losing at St Johnson's a an absolute disgrace at this uh, stage of the, <laughs> of the season. But they, they were in good form. They'd obviously they'd come off the back of a nice win at Hibs. They'd beaten Ross County. They'd beaten Dundee. Um, we narrowly lost to the Rangers one uh, 0 at Ibrick, so it was a bit of a surprise um, that that game against St Johnston. But um, yeah, as you say, Aberdeen's record um, at Livingston is pretty pretty impressive uh, of late. Yeah, what is it, Greg? Do we have the stats? Dan? So of course we do have the stats. That's what we're here for. So of course we do. So um, Livingston have only won one of the last thirteen meetings between the sides 
in Livingston. Aberdeen are unbeaten in 12. Nine wins, three draws. You have to go back to 2004 for the last Livingston home win against Aberdeen. Jeez. So Aberdeen have got the kind of um, the better of Livingston, probably the best part of the last 20 years. Now, I'm not basing my selection on that, but it is a factor. Aberdeen's away form is a massive concern. It's yeah. absolutely terrible. One win in 13. Unacceptable. You ask any Aberdeen fan, they know their home record, their away record is so poor. But they'll be glad they're playing Livingston, a place they do pretty well at. Livingston's home record this season isn't as great as people would believe it is. The They've lost quite one. a few games. Yeah. It's not, it's not great at you all. I so... guess he's got a worse record of home. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> not, for Saturday. not for long, Saturday. Not for long. Exactly. So I think there was this match. I like the fact that Livingston lost um, on Tuesday night. Aberdeen have got a great record here. Aberdeen need a result. Again, two pretty shitty results for Aberdeen, isn't it? Beef for St Marin and Aberdeen fans will still be expecting them to go to Ross County and win. And they, was that one all that finished? Uh, midweek, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think Aberdeen fans are too pleased. This seems to be a, a, a recurring theme, this for Aberdeen. They get a couple of decent results, yeah. then they go on another shitty run of two or three really poor results. So I think they can probably get away here with a nice little bet builder. Not brave enough to take them to win the match at 11-8, to eight, but there's a nice little bet builder I found, which is Aberdeen double chance. Aberdeen to score and four Aberdeen corners at eleven to eight, and that pays eleven to eight, so a pretty decent price with bet three six five. And I think Aberdeen won here at the start of the season, um, a two one win. Two one, yeah. It was a last minute goalkeeper howler. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah right. So I think if Aberdeen score here, I don't see them losing the game. I don't think Livingston will score two, and I think they're good enough to get four corners. And again, Livingston, very good for a, court, for, a, for a card. I think they're right up at the top as well of the Hatchet Men League. And I think <laughs> uh, Jason Holt, someone I highlighted last weekend um, on the channel, was booked again at a great price. I think we mentioned Paddy Power prices again being wrong. And I think he was 16-5 to five to be booked at the weekend, Jason Holt. So definitely a, a card angle to think about. But yeah, that's a bit for me. Aberdeen double chance to score a goal and four Aberdeen corners at 11-8. Okay, anything on this one for you, David? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty happy with that. It sounds like a good bet with the, with the background. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last but not least, on Saturday is the big one. Greg St. Johnson v Dundee United. St. Johnson off the bottom of the table for the first time this year. Is that? Yeah. Well. Um. So a massive win for them in midweek uh, and up against. Dundee United, who still try to chase this top six finish. It's a really interesting game, this one. And you know, Dave, from playing, it's, it's amazing how one result can completely change your season. Yeah, it really does. Like You just get in such a rut if you're not winning games. But just one yeah, just one win just makes a big difference to the whole mood. <clears throat> and especially the way it happened with the last-minute winner. It would have just given them such a... There's a little mini pitch invasion at um, Livingston on on Tuesday. Unfortunately, I wasn't there. I would have been there, but I was down in Southampton with work. So I missed out on the touchline celebrations. But the the way it happened, what I do like the fact is that Callum Davidson's got a very, very big squad now. Probably got near 30 players in that squad at the moment. Recruited well in January. Probably still question marks about creativity and scoring goals. But... And I just think in this match against the Dundee United side, whose victory against Ross County was that two weeks ago, it's maybe giving yeah. them a little bit of a cushion again because they're not in a great run, United. They'll be disappointed to have only drawn the Dundee derby. Dundee probably the best of that game. They lost a late goal at Celtic Park, so they'll probably take some confidence from that, possibly. But I think it's a very difficult game to call. Really difficult game to call on a shite pitch. It's a really poor, poor pitch. I don't expect many goals, but I do think it's a match in which the bookies have got, obviously, United quite big outsiders in this game. Um, St. Johnston favourites. It's probably a game to leave alone. 
Um, you, you could probably look again at the card markets depending on, on who starts for St Johnston. Uh, Murray Davidson came on on Wednesday, Tuesday night and got booked, obviously. Uh, he got booked in the 89th minute to bring in the Saints, Livy, Bet Builder. But yeah, it's a tough game to call this for me. Uh, I'd leave it alone. I think it says it all went under two and a half goals. It's just four to nine, David. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I saw that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, St Johnson have, I think they've signed pretty well the boy Cleary. Um, looks like a better centre half than. Um, well, a good replacement for Kerr, eventually. Um, obviously, Halberg had. Uh, I thought Halberg did all right when he was. Uh, yeah, he's been, he got rave reviews after yeah. um, after Tuesday. He's he's kind of come in and sorted in there yeah. nicely. And Callum Hendry he went away and low and scored a few goals, and maybe that might might help him. Um, yeah, kick on with St Johnson. Um, just just while I'm here and. I'm in the Norwegian football uh, you know um, St Johnson also signed a player who was playing for Ham Ham Cam last year uh, big tail bear by year maybe I'm not really sure he's Canadian feed the bear um, he is enormous like, I watched him live um, down here at Sherdal, um when they played for Ham Cam he's just huge I was shocked how like tall strong just like athletic he looked so yeah interesting to see how he he Where does, does he play? But, um, he's a striker. Um, and, yeah, um, only thing is he might not get as many crosses in because, uh, obviously, Wotherspoon's out for the season, which is a, probably a bit of a disappointment, a bit of an issue for St Johnston. But, um, yeah, um, interesting to see if he gets a chance uh, this year or if they're going to... He's only 21, I think, so um, maybe they'll sort of bed him in before uh, before next year. Mm-hmm. You quite like cards in this one, David. Yeah, I quite like cards. Um, I think both both teams to get two or more cards was um, was uh, five to four, and yeah, in seven of the last ten games for both these teams, they've had at least two cards, and yeah, a couple of couple of hatchet men teams, as uh, Greg would say, <laughs> all the top. I mean, St Johnson have got fifty six yellow cards this season. Just while while we're on the the hatchet men league, Ross County are top with sixty. Animals, Levy, absolute Levy, animals. Levy with 59 and Motherwell with 58 and then you've got St Johnson, Dundee and Dundee United just blow. So, yeah, I quite like two cards each, uh, at least in this game, uh, um, five to four. And uh, tell me everything you know about referee Colin Stephen. Um, <laughs> I, I went to school with him. Shut up. Uh, yeah, I did. did you? No uh, I thought I thought <laughs> this is totally backfired. <laughs> he was the year above me at school. Um, no um, way. He was a member of the golf club. I used to play golf with him. I uh, think so... he had like, this lined up to that, no. that question. I'm going to put him on the spot. Colin Stephen. So, yeah, Colin Stephen is uh, someone I know very well. I remember. Um, I remember. I, I, I signed for Stirling Albion back in twenty. What year would that be? And uh, my debut, he was refereeing. He was League Two at the time. Nice. And uh, I came off the bench and I got smashed within like a minute. And he booked the boy and he said, he said, don't worry, Dave, I'll look after you. So, oh, bless him. I, I like Colin Stephen already. Yeah, I like him too. <laughs> well, yeah. on, on that note, he's only ref five matches this season and he's just out 25 yellows and a red. Yeah. yeah. So that's, he's that's why we like him. over five <laughs> cards a game in comparison to Bobby Madden. Just, just imagine, Greg, how many of their handed out had David Wellison still been playing. I think it, oh, well, every I'm time somebody so looked that, at David yeah. the wrong way, they'd have been handed out cards. Uh, so yeah, I thought I was going to put you on the spot there, mate, but you've absolutely, you've absolutely <laughs> so nailed me there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I was going to point out the fact that he's got a reasonably high card count, so that kind of plays into your, your bet of uh, two cards each yeah, in this sure. one. Okay, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> that takes us on to Sunday as I mentioned there both Celtic and Rangers play on Sunday and uh, they say a week is a long time in football this time last week Greg we were recording the podcast Rangers were four points ahead of Celtic at the top of the table um, table has been turned on its head in the last two games and Celtic are now a point ahead of Rangers with a reasonably significant 10, po- uh, 10 goal uh, better off goal difference as well um, and it's been quite a week for Celtic ahead of their, their trip to Motherwell on Sunday It has, they huffed and puffed against United on Saturday, it looked like it was going to be another one of those games where they've dropped points in a match they fully be expecting them to win, especially at home 
they I think they drew United at the start of the season one all. Yeah. So that was looking to be another draw and that would be devastating, especially with Rangers dropping points up in Dingwall. Yeah. But they got that win and the last night I have to say Celtic were absolutely tremendous in that first half. It's probably the most um excitable in terms of an old firm game I've seen in the first half in terms of a team just battering a team at such pace. They were relentless in that first half. Uh, to get a three-goal lead, obviously second half a bit different. Rangers probably came into the game a lot more in the second half, but that first half was just outstanding. And as a, any Celtic fan out there must be just loving what Ange's doing there at Celtic and the players that he's brought in. Yeah, and it's something we spoke about in the podcast. I don't think it's anything that no one has really noticed, but we spoke about the number of goals that Celtic has scored in the first half compared to the second half, and there's definitely a, a trend there. They're now sitting on 30 first-half goals versus 20 second-half goals. Um, so from a betting point of view, that's maybe something worth worth looking at in, in some of the games. And we'll touch on how that also affects the corner markets as well in terms of how they just seem to come out of the traps really quickly, more often than not, um, and get games won in the first half and then tend to tire a wee bit in the second half. And that was certainly the story last night. I don't recall seeing a team attack it as, as, at such pace as that before. Mm. In Scottish football, not 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 in my lifetime anyway. And I mean, I'm being deadly serious. I, I don't recall seeing a team just absolutely just batter teams. Um, okay, not for the full ninety minutes, but the pace that they've got, it was just absolutely relentless. Rangers were actually on the ropes in that first half um, yeah. last night in, in the Old Firm game. And I think looking at the Celtic corners, obviously we've been mentioning this now for months. Celtic corners, and I was going to be thinking there'll come a time where they'll just start dropping off and hitting five, six, seven corners. But do you know what? I think now it's definitely set in stone. They, they are going to hit double figures almost every game or mm. high eights, nines and tens. I think looking back over their matches, they've now hit seven or more corners now in 12 consecutive games and they've hit double figures in nine of the last 12 matches. And that includes 10 last night against their main rivals. They got 10 at Tynecastle which is probably the second most difficult away venue they'll get. Yeah, certainly so, this season, yeah. So they're getting lots of corners in really tough games. And for me, Motherwell, I, I don't think Motherwell will cause Celtic many problems on Sunday. I guess it's all about um, Celtic turning up in the, in the right mindset after the result against Rangers, which I'm sure they will be, and starting off well. And there's definitely a few angles to be had here on the corner markets. I think we spoke about pre-podcast what those ones would be. Yeah, and that's, we kind of discussed the fact that you could almost bet on any market, <laughs> you know, whether it's first half corners, the Celtic handicap on the corners, total Celtic corners, total match corners, they all just seem to kind of you be able to land almost every week at the moment. Yeah, minus one, minus two, but I think, well, I think we said last night that the minus one versus Rangers was even money. Even money, yeah, and it ended Which, up 10-2. In, in, in hindsight, you're thinking, oh my goodness, how did I, how did I miss that? Ridiculous. But I, I think in this match for me, Celtic to hit seven corners and two Motherwell cards, Motherwell will be chasing shadows here for a lot of this match. They've got plenty of players in that Motherwell side who'll have a card. Plenty of players in that Motherwell side could probably pick four or five easily. Van Veen being one of them, Slattery is one of them as well, McGinley, McGabby, there's, there's loads, there's so many players on that side who, who like a booking. Mm-hmm. So that pays 11 to 10 on the bet, Thesis 5 bet builder for two Motherwell cards and seven Celtic corners. And I guess on that Celtic corners note, as we had a little pre-podcast chinwag, I think I mentioned about Celtic first half corners. They seem to obviously get out the traps really fast. And when you look at the stats, David, I think we identified what eleven out of the last twelve games they fit five or more or four or more. Uh, Four or more. Yeah. Four or more first half corners. A lot of those games were four, five, and six. So there's definitely an angle here as well. Celtic to get four first half corners is five to six, which I think looks a steal. Yeah, and I'm going to um I'm going to tell you about a wee comment on the Mr. Fixitstips.co.uk site as well. Shout out to Chris Jones, who's flagged up the fact that um, at 888 Sport, if you combine seven Celtic corners with Celtic to win the most corners, you get a price of 45. So effectively, you're getting 45 for Celtic seven corners uh, because if they get seven, then undoubtedly they're going to win the total corner count. Um, and the Celtic seven plus corners is one to two everywhere else. So he's maybe found a wee way of getting a wee bit of uh, a wee bit of extra 
price out of the bookies just by combining those two markets on on AA8's uh, website there. So that might be worth having a wee look at as well. Um, David, just how impressive were Celtic last night? Was that case of Celtic being really good or Rangers being really bad or yeah, no, entirely possible a combination of both? Fantastic. They 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 had a, the plan and it was to overload the wide areas with um, with. Uh, Taylor, Matati, Matati, Hatati, <laughs> Good name, Matati, Hatati, uh, and uh, Jota on the left, and then Juranovic, O'Reilly, and um, Abada on the right, and it just overloaded uh, Barisic into Tavernier and put them in really difficult positions defensively. I thought Celtic were absolutely fantastic. Um, I was very impressed with uh, O'Reilly. And uh, Juranovic in particular down that right hand side, I thought they were both fantastic. Um, Juranovic dealt with Kent defensively, but offensively as well, got himself forward. And I just thought, um, looking, I, I just thought looking at the two teams, I think it's a, it's if you look back at this sort of fixture, sort of three four years ago, the standard has just been raised so much higher now, um, yeah. players and. It's just so much quality on both teams, but Rangers obviously um, just never got never got up to the speed last night. They Celtic play at, um, yeah, just echo their thoughts on, on corners for for this weekend and for for, for the rest of the season for Celtic. They are corner machines. They've uh, just they've played St Mirren twice this year, uh, and they've hit thirty one corners. That is a corner every six minutes. That's absolutely ridiculous. Did you get a calculator out for that, David? Uh, six to get that in my head. Uh, just on that note, in terms of players for Celtic, um, a few of my Celtic friends a few weeks ago mentioned to me Dyson Mayada that he's an animal and he's definitely worth getting a booking. So I didn't take much notice of it. He came on last night with about, what, 25 minutes to go? I tell you what, he is an animal. He's so fast at closing the ball down that he leaves a booting. I don't know if intentionally or not, but he's going to be good for a booting, I think, if he starts games for Celtic this season. Yeah, and I guess you'll probably get a price on him. Um, he has, he has a, a speed merchant, Maeda, um, and both he and Kyogo tend to work really, really hard up front just to try and prevent the opposition building play out from the back. So, yeah, I'm not sure I'm not sure that he's an animal as such, but certainly keen to, to do the defensive duties um, high up the park. I'm looking forward to his red card on, on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> um, just before we leave that game, then, obviously, giving us the bet builder there, Greg, and a wee angle on the corners. Interesting to see Celtic now just 8-15 to to win the league. I know. So what a turnaround, as you said. If you can think about the start of the season, Rangers win the league, all looking good. Celtic, a complete overhaul in terms of personnel. They brought a new manager in. So I think you have to congratulate at the moment, given where we are in February, what Postecoglou's done for Celtic yeah. so far, who he's brought in. Not only that as well, I think in terms of the football that Celtic are playing, yeah, it'll, it'll kill Rangers fans to, to hear this. But the football that Celtic are playing is just tremendous. It's so good to watch. Um, and I think the 8-15 to 15 at the moment probably looks pretty fair. Yeah, there's still 14 games to go. I still think there's a, there's a fair bit to, to go in the season. But certainly the momentum seems to have shifted in a, in a major way um, in terms of the league title race. And that takes us nicely on the Rangers game against Hearts on Sunday. And it's a huge match uh, for Giovanni van Bronckhorst's been a fairly adverse reaction to last night, as you would expect from the Rangers fans. Um, it's just five points from 12 since the new year. And David, he just can't afford uh, to drop any more points on Sunday. He can, and they, they have been struggling a bit, haven't they? They've not just just not quite looked uh, at it. They don't look as sharp attacking. Um, the fullbacks, especially, it's really noticeable. I, thought, I mean, it's really noticeable Tavernier just doesn't, get in the same areas as he did eh, under Gerrard. Yeah, it's an um, interesting point. I've seen um, Alan McCoy's talking about this before kick-off last night, um, talking about both him and Barisic are kind of discouraged um, to get up and down the wings, which I just find yeah. really bizarre for a, for a manager of either Celtic or Rangers in this league to, yeah. adopt, to adopt tactics like that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, they should have beat Ross County the weekend. Alan McGregor had a, was, was clearly drunk. 
Um, <laughs> talk, talk to himself after half time. Allegedly, allegedly, um, allegedly. Um, but yeah, yeah, they've just been struggling. They've just scraped past Levy, um, drew up at Aberdeen, um, scraped past Dundee United as well. And back in December at, at Ibrox, I think since he came in, he's definitely they're definitely not playing as attacking football, and they don't. Yeah, they just don't have the same attacking patterns as they did under Gerard. Um, I mean, there's every chance they could they could uh, go to Tynecastle and and beat Hearts. They've got so many good players, Rangers, and um, but it's going to be a tough game, Hearts. Yeah, Hearts. Yes, yeah, uh, I. Tynecastle is probably going to be a full house. It's only yeah, Ibrox, isn't it? It's Ibrox. It is Ibrox, but I mean Hearts. Yeah, Hearts are. They're going along not too bad. Obviously, their their home form is pretty good. Um, I think it's only Rangers and Celtic that have got more points than them at home. Same as away, actually, the third best away team as well. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was pretty solid as well. And uh, Robbie Nielsen will keep it tight. I think. Yeah, it's probably as tough as it's it could have got for for Rangers off the back of that defeat, Greg. Um, to have hearts at home on Sunday. Obviously, the home advantage is. It's a comfort for them, but um, yeah, it's going to be tough. Hearts will go there hoping to get something from the game. Uh, they will. I, I, I think Rangers will probably dominate this again, I think, without probably scoring that many goals. Uh, it's a really difficult game to call. Rangers are 2-5 to five to win the match. I'm still unconvinced about Hearts away from home at the moment still. 2-5 um, to five on Rangers for me is not a bad price, given what you tend to get on a Rangers home match but it's probably a couple of angles here depending on who starts for Hearts if Peter Haring starts for Hearts he'll get booked <laughs> um, I don't think they'll play him and Cammy Devlin though so I think at the two of them Cammy Devlin's probably a shoe in for a booking on Sunday and there's a, me there's probably a really nice cards and corners angle in this match I think given obviously the fact that Rangers could find themselves four points behind come kick off on Sunday. If you include that 10 goal difference swing as well, mm-hmm. that's five points. So they, they absolutely cannot afford any slip-ups here. But I do think they'll get the win, Rangers. And I'm just deciding at the moment on the attack, fully expecting Hearts to get at least two cards, at least two cards on on Sunday. Because I do think Rangers probably will dominate and there's plenty of players on the heart side who can pick up a card yeah. and if you mix that with Rangers corners they do tend to hit some decent numbers Rangers for corners at home watching them last night it was infuriating that second half they must have hit the byline in that second half eight or nine times and just couldn't get the ball um, out for a corner unfortunately <laughs> but I think in this match here hearts cards Rangers corners and you can maybe add in Rangers to win the match. You've got a pretty decent odds against Betbuilder, and I'll share that on the channel tomorrow. Yeah, and our old friend Willie Collum is the man in the middle uh, on Sunday. He's actually been behaving himself this Very season. quiet, Willie. Really. don't know what's Although, happened to him. <laughs> he has the first ref to, to dish out four red cards this season, uh, but he's only been 3.92 yellows per game, so that's that's relatively, um, relatively calm by Willie's standards. No, it is, and I think that all the referees, I think I mentioned Bobby Madden, um, in terms of him refereeing the old firm game last night and just being wary of old firm card total markets because the bookies tend to obviously overinflate yeah. the, the card line and we're spot on again last night in terms of I think he showed five cards last night, Bobby Madden. Yeah, and the line was set at five and a half. Was, yeah, it was set at five and a half. So I think uh, it's worthwhile watching Bobby Madden games. Uh, I think David's highlighted it before as well. He, he lets a lot go. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was just going to flag up in this game is uh, Rangers have now conceded well, six in the last two games. Uh, a hard school here is 45. Any takers? Um, not sure. I think the way that. I just think Rangers' home form in terms of clean sheets. I know they have conceded goals under Gerard before he left, but they have been a bit tighter at the back until last night. Five in a row, clean sheets. Yeah. And they've lost three at Ross County and three last night, so... It would be a price um, bet for me, I thought, 45. Yeah. Just, just for Hearts, the score was, was pretty decent. OK, we'll move into the Championship. We'll just try and quickly run through the rest of it. I'm aware that we're overrunning on this week's podcast already. Uh, 
David, you wanted to touch on the Partick Sassel v Queen and South game as part of a potential double this weekend. Yeah, I just I was a little bit surprised with the uh, with uh, the price of Partick Thistle. I mean, Queen of the South are deep deep in trouble at the moment. Um, they're looking very likely to go down. Um, I think they're yeah. I mean, they're two points. They're only two points off Morton, but they're just they're just their form has been dire. Uh, especially since the turn of the year, um, they managed to get a draw at uh, Wraith. Was that was that on Tuesday night, maybe or Wednesday night? Uh, Tuesday night, yeah. Um, yeah, three each. I think it was. I think it was a late equaliser. Was it a late equaliser for Queens or a late equaliser for Wraith? No, not sure. No, nah, never mind. But yeah, they've not won since uh, the 18th of December. So the last last five, they've picked up two points just, but they've been. Struggling, um, struggling especially at home. Um, they've lost their last three home games uh, without scoring goal. Thistle are, yeah, much better at home. They're the best home team in the championship with uh, 21 points from their 11 games. Um, and I just think at 1.65, uh, just looks like a good price to me. I think Thistle will be too good for them. And... Yeah, as part of a, a double, as you say. Um, I was looking at Forfart in League Two, who are home to Albion Rovers. Kind of a similar story, similar price. Um, Rovers have really struggled away from home this year. Forfart have been really solid at home. Forfart, um, 23 points at home this year. They're sitting second in the league, obviously well behind Kelty, but... Um, sitting second in the league, Rovers sitting second bottom with just six points on their travels this year. Um, I think Forfa will beat them, and I think it looks like a nice, nice wee double. It pays about two point two point six. Yeah, that Forfa one looks pretty solid, doesn't it? They're up into second. Um, now we Rovers have just got a, a pretty poor away record. Um, so yeah, that looks pretty solid. And Greg, not enough was made of the fact that Partick Thistle. I think it's just one defeat in fifteen now for Thistle in the Championship. Yeah, quite a few draws in there, though. Yeah, uh, still. Uh, that's a good, that's that's a good, good run. They'll, they'll probably get a DVD, probably, uh, <laughs> on, on that. Um, I completely agree with David. I think it's a really good price. The part at this old pitch is getting a lot of bad press. We've mentioned that's it a few it. times. It's fucking awful. It's so bad. Queen's Park, two games, Park, a, week, two two games, games a week. Yeah. The rugby games on there as well. There's probably women's football, boys' football, girls' football on there too. The pitch is awful. Doesn't help. Um, this their, their goal last night actually, uh, the other night against who was it they played on? Yeah, it's actually a really good goal actually, really good football. But I don't think the pitch helps them, and I think that will play into the hands of other sides like Queen's South. But yeah, I think this will do enough to get the win here. Yeah. Okay, so that was a pretty solid double. What price is that? It was two point six four in the in new money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Greg, else in the championship that you like to look at? Um, we've obviously covered the Kilmarnock trip to uh, a broth on Friday night. Uh, I just was, was interested in your thoughts on Dunfermline. We've waited in them to come good. Well, <laughs> on that note, I did back Dunfermline on Saturday. Um, I had them at six to four to beat Dunfermline to beat Queen of the South. It was a bottom v second bottom tussle, and the six to four in them to win that match, I thought was worth taking on. Yeah. Certainly wasn't posting it on the channel, and certainly won't be posting them anytime soon. They're two to one at air. Mm-hmm. Um, might have its backers, not convinced yet. Still unsure about the air side with their new manager Lee Billman as well. So again, it's a match best left alone, and the old saying goes. Which one? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> oh, it's a guitar. No result will surprise us. I can take that one off this week. Thanks very much. Um, uh, Inverness at home to Morton. Inverness at three to five. On a pretty dismal run, Inverness at the moment. I think one win in seven now, one win in six. Um, they, they lost narrowly at Kilmarnock last week, but they're not in the greatest of shapes at the moment. Morton are doing okay under. Oh, I've got his name now. 
Dougie Emery, there we go. I'll, I'll <laughs> cheer, 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 cheer me boys. Cheers. Uh, Dougie Emery's <laughs> done no well <laughs> since he came in uh, to Morton. So nineteen to four for for Morton. Uh, I, I wouldn't be backing him unless it's three to five. And Wraith v Hamilton. Yeah, I think we probably got goals in that match. To be fair, did we say um, that Wraith Rovers this week? They better believe that. Yeah, it's been an absolute to, disaster for Wraith Rovers. Shambles. It really uh, has. Yeah. Uh, okay, ending in League One, we've got uh, yeah, Cove. Yeah, top of the table clash. If Cove yeah. win, you'd fancy them to go on and win the league, wouldn't you? Yeah, um, pretty much a chance to put yeah. the league to bed, isn't it? Yeah, Airdrie is. visiting at the weekend. Um, seven points clear, Airdrie in second place. Uh, just sorry, bear with me, I'll check the Cove price. Seven, seven to ten. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's probably fair. You, but, yeah. You wouldn't back it in a top of the table clash, I don't think. I don't think so, but um, yeah, it's probably one that if Cove, if Cove win that, Greg, it's pretty much game over. Absolutely, yeah. It definitely will be game over. I think Cove for a massive coupon buster last week. Yeah, it was that 2-H, was it? Yeah. Barton. Um, yeah, I think they were 1-0 down. And, uh, again, I mentioned Dumbarton, sorry, Cove second half goals. It was, it, again, the weekend there, there was at least three second half goals in that match. Uh, Cove scored twice in the second half. It was a, a late Dumbarton equaliser. Um, I, I must admit, I, I do like Airdrie this season. They've yeah, really well. season. Yeah. I think the 7 to 10 on Cove is probably a bit skinny, to be fair, given yeah. how decent Airdrie have been, but could potentially get goals in this match. Another match I like the look of possibly. Was Falkirk v Queens Park? Yep. Falkirk still unsure about them at the moment. They was did they lose last weekend at Montrose. Uh, they lost two one, I think. They were up one 0 and lost two one. Yeah. I don't see them losing this game. Uh, Falkirk, I think they might be a bit better at home now. Again, new manager involved. I, I guess what I would say as well, in this part of the season, it's, it, the January transfer windows caused havoc. There's been so many players coming and going, yeah, especially track. in the Premiership. You're almost starting the season again in terms of understanding how teams are going to do. But I do think Falkirk can avoid defeat here and two goals in the match pays four to five. I might put it up in the channel, but it's just worth highlighting that one. OK, anything else in League One before we move on to League Two? I think Montrose at four to seven to Dumbarton, you'd have to say it was a very solid backup pick. Even off the back of Dumbarton's result last week, Dumbarton at home are stuffy side, very very stuffy. Uh, not away from home, I think Montrose should be good enough to, to win that. Okay, in League Two or go to bet, it's really been Kelty Hearts to score in both halves a few times this season, Greg. Something um, the special. Have you been there? <laughs> it is, David. You, you, your talents have washed off on me, and Kelty Hearts and the new board of Glimpse scoring both yeah, halves. That is, uh, that, you should have. Uh, you should be getting royalties every time we mention that bit. David, to be fair, uh, and likelihood of it coming up again this weekend, Greg. Yeah, I think so. El- Elgin are actually having a great uh, run at the moment. Elgin, Gav Price doing a great job there, but Kelty Hearts at home, they're scoring goals. To be fair, they are, they're actually conceding quite a lot of goals as well. Kelty Hearts at the moment. Um, I think there's conceded two in quite a few of their games recently, but 11 to 10 to score in both halves with that team, it has to be backed, and it's, it's landed the last two weeks for us. Yeah, and David have already mentioned the fourth match as part of your double as part of Tissel. Yeah. Anything in League Two for you? No, I'm happy with, happy with that. Settle with fourth. Okay, uh, I think that probably covers. Uh, every minutia in Scottish football this weekend from a betting point of view. Uh, can we just recap our bets for the weekend then, Greg, starting with yourself? Yeah, so starting tomorrow night in the, the big match in the Championship, I'm taking Kilmarnock to beat Arbroath at 17-10 to 10, and that's at a quarter to eight kick-off tomorrow night. Moving into Saturday, I have got Aberdeen double chance, Aberdeen to score, and four Aberdeen corners at 11 to 8. And that's with bet 365. And I've also got two bets from the Motherwell v Celtic game. And I'm taking Celtic to get over 6.5 corners and Motherwell over 1.5 cards. And that pays 11 to 10 on the bet 365 bet builder. And a second bet from that match is Celtic to get over 3.5 first half corners at 5 to 6. And I'm also going to have 
a card and corners bet builder from the Rangers Hearts game on Sunday too. Um, and finally, moving into the League Two, I'll be backing Kelty Hearts to score in both halves against Elgin at 11 to 10. Okay, David. Yeah, just a couple bets for me. Uh, the Partick Thistle and four for double on the Saturday afternoon. That pays 2.64. And also on Saturday afternoon, St Johnston and Dundee United, both teams to receive at least two cars from uh, good uh, pal Colin Stevens. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that pays, that pays five to four with uh, best three six five as well. Good stuff. Thanks for those. Uh, now, don't forget, you can follow Greg on Twitter at Browning84Greg and also David on Twitter at DeWeatherston11. And if you're not already a member of Greg's private channel, uh, make sure you you join up. You can visit gambler.co.uk for all the details of how to do so. And that's us for this week's podcast. Thank you very much for listening and best of luck with your bets this weekend. Thank you. Good luck. Cheers, James. Thank you.